Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Ah, pretty good. Okay. I mean, that was a bummer of a hockey game, that's for sure. Um, the Oilers gave up a lead to one of the worst teams in the league, and they lost in overtime. The only consolation is a loser point, but it's a small consolation in a game they should have won. Uh, the grade A shots, Bruce, were um, 15 to 8 for the Oilers, 15 grade A shots for the Oilers, 8 mm-hmm. for Columbus. But it was closer when it came to five alarm shots, the best shots. The Oilers had seven and Columbus had uh, five. Um, I, I would say Eunice Corpusalo, the Columbus goalie, stole that game. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a, just an absolutely incredible save off uh, Leon Dreisaitl, for example, on an executioner shot. He did. He was fantastic. That was the best one, yeah. And Stuart Skinner wasn't fantastic. He, he um, you know, there was a couple goals that, that hurt. And uh, he was, I, I, I think he was definitely to blame on one of them. But, um, yeah, not his, not his best game. So, Bruce, we'll do our... Two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. What is your uh, what is your good thing? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Derek Ryan out of this game. I thought he had a terrific effort that really stood out on an Oilers team that had a lot of players that were uh, significantly less than 100% of their game for whatever reason. Uh, but Ryan was bringing it, and uh, he scored the one-one goal on a on a speedy rush out of nowhere, and he saw a bit of a uh, uh, missed assignment, I think, by the Columbus defenseman who was too far over to the one side. And, uh, when Pugliarvi won him the puck in the neutral zone, he burst in on the other side. And he finally did what no other forward seemed ever capable of doing in this game. He raised the puck. He like got it more than 12 inches off the ice because everything that was 12 inches off the ice went right into Jonas Corpusalo's pad. And uh, uh, Ryan put it right in up under the crossbar. Really nice shot to uh, uh, to make it one nothing. Uh, but that aside, uh, he had. I mean, the Oilers were in absolute control of the game when he was out there. The shots on net at five on five were ten one, ten one for Oilers. Uh, grade A or high danger ch- uh, chances were five two Oilers, and the goals were one nothing, which was the one that he himself scored. And he even managed to win uh, four out of six on the face-off dot, had a takeaway, and was rewarded with 15 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time, which is a, a big performance by uh, uh, Derek Ryan. And uh, he was, coaches recognized he was one of the guys going, so they gave him some extra time. Yeah, it was kind of a game where the kind of the, some of the lesser sung players, unsung players, did fairly well in this game, and some of the big guys um, failed to execute and didn't do as well. Uh, and and my uh, good thing is, yes, Apuliyarvi. I thought it was his best game in a long time. Bruce, it was the first time I think this year where he looked like himself, fully looked like himself. Something's been missing with with him. I don't know what it is, but he was really having fun out there. And mm-hmm. making plays, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he just he um, he started off the virtuous cycle, leading to um, his own grade A shot with a strong forecheck and hit early in the first period, and Fogel put it into the slot for him, and he pounded that on net. Corpusalo had a pad down and got it. Um, later in the first period, he charged down the wing for another grade A shot. Um, 
Um, I think now this might have been in the second where he got one and he almost put in a pass from Hyman. Um, and then he and Holloway mm-hmm. tied for the lead in hits, five hits each. Yep. So he, he, um, uh, the Hyman chance was, oh, was that the second or the third? Anyway, that was a really great chance because Zach Hyman came swooping in, put it out front, and Pugliarvi went to the net and just managed to get his stick on. He's kind of backhanded at the net, and and uh, it was fairly high up in the air as well. <coughs> Corpusala was really solid down low. you got to shoot high to beat that guy tonight. Pugliarvi was unlucky not to score there. Um, yeah, so the five hits that he and Holloway had, I just thought he was... He was uh, on the ball in a way that we haven't seen him play. And I, hey, if Yesapoliarvi can bring his A game like he did for the first half or the first two thirds of last season, if he can bring that for the rest of this season, that would be that would be huge for the Edmonton Oilers because this guy can play hockey. He just hasn't been in sync all year long, and it's not too late to get in sync. And this game was an indication that might happen. Yeah, he made a nice play to uh, on the Ryan goal, just winning the puck in the neutral zone. And there was another play uh, where he <clears> got <throat> the great shot himself, uh, where Corpusello really robbed him from the doorstep. That uh, he started that play with a big hit in the corner on the forecheck. That was the first. The that was the yeah. first great yeah, shot. That was the first yeah. one. And then uh, he made a good play on the uh, Ryan goal, and. Uh, you know, three shots, uh, five hits, two block shots. Looks like a clean sheet with uh, even plus minus. And, of course, he uh, – I thought he kind of got robbed out of an assist, frankly, on Ryan's goal. But, unfortunately, it was his kind of unforced icing that was the predecessor to the 2-2 that uh, he fired a little bit too hard from really not under a lot of pressure. Shot it about, you know, just slightly too hard through a hack weight when he needed to throw uh, throw a four foot weight, you know, and uh, yeah. that wound up in a face off and uh, those D zone face offs, man, those D zone face offs. <clears throat> that, that was kind of the least of the problems on that goal against. I'm going to suggest that it was. Uh, well, there's it some created other... the face off, and then the face off created the disaster. So I'm just saying, in the fullness of the picture, which is very positive for JP tonight, the only. Little black mark was a small mistake that turned out to be costly. Indeed. So, Bruce, what is your bad thing? Yeah, D zone faceoffs, man. <laughs> I'll go with the first one. I'll leave you the other one. Uh, in the first period, when when it was uh, Oilers making all the all the shots in the early going, and Corpus Allo holding them in the game, and uh, uh, they get a. a a face-off in their own end. McDavid loses it clean. Uh, puck goes back to the point. And I can't remember if there was one pass to the other point man. Anyway, the shot comes through from the point. And uh, uh, McDavid uh, is skating near the goal scorer, the deflector of the puck, which was uh, Boone Jenner. But he didn't take a stick. And Jenner kind of won a little stick battle and then got a stick on the puck and tipped it past uh, uh, past Stu Skinner. So small mistakes. I mean, lost face-offs are going to happen, but the Oilers lose a face-off in their zone. The puck is coming at their net, seems like, right away. And tonight, it tw- twice, two of those wound up in the back of the net. Both regulation goals for Columbus came off of lost draws in the D zone. And the Oilers were not, to me, 
shots notwithstanding, they were doing a real poor job winning the puck back in their own zone and a real poor job of passing the puck when they did have it in their own zone to get it the hell out of their own zone. And just too many soft plays on the puck. Oh, yeah, there was that wicked turnover by Bouchard early in the third period. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy, I was I was wondering if we were going to see him on the ice again, Bruce, after that. You know, that that one with McDavid, that was one where, they, like, I remarked on this a few games ago, this face-off play. Like, it's not unusual, actually, for the center to follow the center to the net, and I think that's what happened in that mm-hmm. play. But usually, yeah, you got to take the stick. But, you know, I just, Darnell Nurse was out by the blue line covering somebody on that play. And I just wonder if there's not a way they can't switch off and have the defenseman cover the guy in front of the net and have the forward go out because yeah. Connor Mc, you know, the chance of Connor McDavid taking the guy's stick it is far smaller than the chance of Darnell Nurse executing such a play. Darnell Nurse is pretty good at executing those plays. He's on those guys. He hammers them. He takes them out often. It's not Connor McDavid's forte. And if you you have a oh. if you have a strategy. Come back, David. You froze. Play. Um, Tyson Berry. He's been playing pretty solid defense this year, and um, but not on that play. He just got beat out of the corner by a bigger guy, uh, this Russian forward, Marchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, powerful guy, and um, beat the veteran defenseman to the front of the net. And then Skinner kind of, he bobbled it, couldn't thwart the guy, couldn't get a stick on it. He's, as he's coming up from the corner, you'd like to see the goalie hammer out his stick and slash that puck off the off mm-hmm. the uh, the forward stick as he's coming. Skinner didn't succeed at doing that. And then he got Barry, I, I think Barry did push Marchenko into, um, there, was a, there was a nudge at least. There was definitely a nudge and Marchenko wipes out Skinner to some degree and puts in the puck around him. It was a tough play for the goalie in that regard, but he should have, I think he should have thwarted it before then. Like as the puck's coming right out, you don't let him come out. But um, that's what happened. And then there's, a, you know, kind of a borderline, maybe could have been a call. It would have been, I, I don't think the owners would have won that. I think they would have lost because Barry did push the guy from behind into the goalie. And... Um, the puck's in the net, and it's 2-2. There's, you know, the Oilers have given up their lead, and um, the rest is a, yeah. the rest is loser point history. They've been protecting me uh, during this streak, but uh, I, tonight I felt like that lead was in serious jeopardy, uh, just just due to the various puck management issues. And again, there was a face-off loss on that play. And David, you froze there on my screen for about a minute, just as you were same, that. Same, same, you froze on mine, but okay, then you came back. So, so I'm just hoping that we... Uh, we may need to splice that minute out so we don't lose people. But uh, uh, that was obviously your bad thing that you were talking about there, which was the second yeah, it was Vancouver Tyson goal. So hopefully, hopefully the commentary is intact and it's me that froze out. Anyway, we're back. Uh, 
And that was, uh, yeah, it was just, again, just a little bit too soft around the net. And Barry was a big part of the problem for sure. And, uh, you know, you should just not let guys bull out from the corner and go right into the goal crease like that. And uh, it was one of those things, if Zach Hyman had did it, they would have reviewed it and called it back. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. It could have gone either way. And I guess uh, Woodcroft thought, we'll get the goal back. What we don't want to do is take a penalty and and fall behind in the third period. Well, that's and that's and, not a bad calculation from the coach. You have the better team, right? In theory. In theory. And um, not on this night, but yeah, in well, theory. Apparently not on this night. Yeah. 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 Kind of a clusterfuck well, game. Like, what a way to lose a game against such a poor team. Like, just, and it just had that feeling, like, you're right. Like, right from the start, I thought the orders actually came up pretty strong early on. Uh-huh. Very strong early on. And they couldn't get a goal. They wouldn't, they didn't get that first goal. I, that would have made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And then CBJ gets this, you know, they score on the California, right? The outside shot. Um, that gets tipped in and and he just knew I just like it was just like the longer the orders had gone without scoring the more mm-hmm. likely it was of course, that Columbus was yeah. going to score on some well, what's with this team on home ice so David like, I don't know Bruce you know like this is now 12 11 and 3 which uh, in English is 12 wins 14 losses <clears throat> regulation they're 9 10 and 5 and they've won two of the five overtime games and lost three. So no matter how you slice the record, they've lost more than they won on their home ice. And for a contender, that's just not acceptable. And they keep finding ways to lose to teams that are just way below them and way below them. I mean, this is Columbus. It was Anaheim one game that that uh, came in here and somehow stole the two points. And it was like, I mean, Woodcroft after the game was saying it was a very competitive game, yada, 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 yada. I did not think the Oilers competed on the level of the Blue Jackets in this game. I'm very disappointed in my team for their lack of response. When the when Columbus pushed the play, Edmonton needed to push back, and I didn't see anywhere near enough of it. So I'm, I'm not happy with the team's performance. You know, you take the one point and you move on. You kind of hope that somehow you find a way to give it, win it in overtime. But even the overtime, when they got the puck, they didn't want it. They just gave it back to them. That was a rancid. <laughs> we're going to get to this. That was a rancid overtime for the Oilers. And Ooh. some bad habits from the past came back to haunt them. And Why, why don't I just get to it now then? Okay. Let's do the, let's do the numbers and I'll go first because... Um, it's going to be the third goal against, isn't it? We might as well keep the sequence going. It is. It is. <laughs> and my number is 82. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was out there for an 82-second shift, including just before the, the puck crossed the blue line. with um, the CBJ had the puck for 28 seconds unmolested in the Oilers' zone before they scored. And it was largely because Nugent Hopkins, or partly because he was too gassed to make the play. He had been up and down the ice three times and he had come close to scoring. But I think if he had been more on the ball, he could have shifted off. Um, As CBJ was gaining the zone, um, it was a two on two. Now, the the Columbus defenseman may have rushed in the second he got off the ice. But if he had just got, he he was skating back anyway. He just had to skate back. He He would have had to cross the ice. 
um, diagonally to get off, but he could have got off then, and he had already been out for 50 seconds, and he should have got off then. And that was a that's a mental mistake by Ryan Nugent Hopkins because Connor McDavid would have come on the ice then, and um, he was Nugent was too tired to make the play, and in the end he was able unable to shut down the shooter uh, who got off the outside shot that I think. Uh, went, it went through Nurse's legs. I'm pretty certain about that, and I think it may have deflected off Nurse. I'm not as certain about that. In any case, it was it was kind of a it was definitely a screenshot. Skinner didn't look good on it because mm-hmm. it was an outside shot and not a mm-hmm. particularly hard shot. But I think it, it was a pretty difficult shot, actually. That's my assessment of it, at least. He got that, a piece yeah. of it, but he couldn't keep it out, eh? Yeah, but I really think. Um, you know, Drysaddle had already been out there for like a um, 70 second shift to start the, the overtime. And I just thought right then, like, oh, here we go. Like, you guys never learn, do you? Like, it, this doesn't work out very well for the Oilers when you guys do that, when you start to take these 60, 70 second shifts in overtime. And then Nuge follows it up <laughs> with the 82 second shift and they score. And um, th- th- they had it coming. Yeah. Oh, they had yeah. it coming, Bruce. You do that, and you've mm-hmm. got it coming, and you and you should, you know. I'm I'm sure the guy is a very conscientious player. Uh, of that, I have zero doubt. Right. Um, and I'm sure sure he knows that he didn't um have enough gas in his tank mm-hmm. at the end there to make the necessary play that he needed to make in overtime. Yeah. Well, there was a play there about 15 seconds before they scored, maybe where uh, uh, Johnson uh, Kent. Kent Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. The Team Canada hero from the World Junior there last summer. He's a 20-year-old kid, right? Yeah. He skates the puck into Edmonton's zone. He holds it at the top of the face-off circle in Edmonton territory. He's not like lollygagging around the neutral zone or behind his own net. He's in Edmonton territory with the puck. His two line mates both go off and change, and there's a triangle of three Edmonton Oilers around the guy with the puck, and not one of them makes a damn move on the puck. They just stand there and wait for the line change to come, and then the new guys come out and torch him for the goal. You gotta want the puck. You gotta want the puck, and when you get the puck, you gotta want to keep the puck. That didn't happen in this game, which is going to be my bad thing. Shall we move to it? Well, sorry, my, number, done, my number, my number. Yeah, you've it's done your bad Two bad things. Well, yeah, we, actually, we, we I'm going to respond to your point with some numbers. Okay, go and ahead. This is average shift lengths in this game, which there was one power play. So we can't say, well, the power play had three two-minute shifts, and that, that raised their average. There was one power play, and they scored. Average shift length for Edmonton forward, Zach Hyman, a minute seven, Leon Dreisaitl, a minute nine, uh, Dylan Holloway, a minute two, Connor McDavid, a minute 11. Four guys averaged over a minute per shift in a game that was almost entirely played five on five. And there's something wrong with that. You're either chasing the puck around in your own zone or you're not, uh, you're not, um, uh, you're not crisp in making your line changes or you're giving the puck away so that you can't get off. Or it was, uh, or his last game, I think 55 seconds was the longest average for any player and it was a D-man. And you start getting caught out there consistently too long, and as we saw in overtime, it can it can seriously cost you. So that's a number in response to your number. My numbers are 11 and 27. 11 is the number of icings by the Edmonton Oilers in this game, playing against Columbus on their home ice. They iced the puck 11 times. Uh, explain that to me. 
like make a damn pass, you know, like they and, and they they ice the puck, they lose the face off. Columbus got a shot. Skinner frees it. There'd be another face off. They'd win it this time, and then somebody would ice it again under no pressure. So help me. So that's one of the reasons for long shifts: is you ice the puck, you're not allowed to make a change. So eleven. I mean, you have to go through the game sheet. That, that All it says on the game sheet is icing. It doesn't say which team iced oh, yeah, it. Okay. It's like offside. And offside, you actually can't tell because all the face-offs that fall are in a neutral zone. But after an icing, you can check the next face-off. And tonight, Columbus iced it six times because there were 17 icings, and six of the face-offs were in, in Columbus territory, and 11 of them were in Edmonton territory following those icings. So I just had to sort of scroll through the game sheet, find all the icings, and see where the face-offs were. 11! But it's the worst of the season. And there's just no real good excuse for that. And speaking of which, 27 giveaways by the Edmonton Oilers. 27. And... Uh, uh, they had uh, 10 takeaways. Columbus had 10 of each. Heavington gave the puck away 27 times, and I'm not even sure that's not sort of a generously low count for the number of poor uh, exchange passes into skates. So, like their puck management in general was poor, and they had nine different players with more than one giveaway. Bouchard, two. CC two. Nurse, uh, wait a minute, no. Janmark, two. Kulak, two. Uh, Holloway, three, McLeod, three, uh, McDavid, four, and Skinner, two. Nine different players that coughed up the puck multiple times officially. And it just was a, 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 I mean, Columbus did play, you know, a a kitty bar the door to some extent. But, geez, this is a, a dynamic team that thrives on, on movement, of pass receivers actually moving their damn legs and passers actually hitting the target. And it just kept going sideways, you know. I mean, Leon iced one where he missed one of those 10-feet passes that he makes over and over again. And somehow he fired it too hard, missed the receiver, probably McDavid, off the sideboards, down for icing. But I mean, that's just one of them. But uh, it just was... Um, <clears throat> I probably made my point by now. A fairly <laughs> poor showing by Edmonton in terms of puck management and game management. I, I like the, include uh, that. I like. I really like your 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 um, lengthy shifts stats, Bruce. And I just added it to get at my game. Well, I hate it, but yeah, I mean, as a because stat, I just it's think a telling. It's very thing. telling. That that's a very telling stat. And in the end, it was the decisive stat, wasn't it? Because of Nugent Hopkins. And he wasn't even on that list of guys with, with length. 55 seconds for him. Like, that was relatively short. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's that just shows, it shows, like, we want to hang out a little extra because we think we can, we don't, we're not really taking this team seriously. We're we not really pat our stats rather than. Not really dialed in is what that tells you, right? I think. Yep. Uh, I think 100%. that's our, our comment. Alrighty, Bruce. Next game is Chicago Saturday. Chicago, night. Chicago. Yeah, it's, it's on Saturday big, night. Big game. Home game against a weak team. What could possibly go wrong? Go wrong. Go wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually pity Chicago. Edmonton will probably be a little bit more focused for that one. But uh, I'm a frustrated fan tonight. I can tell you. 
I can sense that, Bruce. I'm a little less, I'm honestly a little less frustrated than you are. I, I mean, I think the Oilers did get the better of the play. I thought they deserved the lead when they had the lead. They were the better team up until that point. I mean, Skinner did make, Skinner made a, some great, couple great saves himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Hyman scored a beautiful goal. And, you know, it was two to one. And it's, I, I, I actually didn't expect CBJ to come back in that because I thought the Oilers were playing better hockey. So now the Oilers have 58 points. They've got one, and LA has um, 60 points in 50 games. The Oilers have 58 points in 49 games. Calgary has 55 points in 48 games. And uh, anyway. Uh, Calgary just beat Columbus in overtime on Monday. And uh, they got, I thought, a serious benefit of a missed call in overtime, but. Uh, nobody seemed to notice on the Flames broadcast when uh, Manjipani hauled down Line with an obvious hook in the offensive zone. Calgary came right down and scored on the two-on-one. But, uh, you know, Calgary at least, you know, they, they stumbled and bumbled their way through, but they found a way to win it in the end, and Edmonton didn't even find a way to get a shot on net in overtime. Well, the Hurricanes beat the Stars in overtime. Mm-hmm. And Frack, the Kraken won. 6-1 yep. over Vancouver. Uh, yeah. well, not good. Think about Our, these games against uh, subpar opponents. You got to win them, and you, you got to win them seriously. And you got to treat your opponents with respect. And you got to treat your fans with respect, and give them a better showing than that. I'm more annoyed yeah. about that than anything, frankly. This consistent uh, having having their poorest game on uh, games on their home ice. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Bruce, let's leave it there. Thanks for, there, David. <laughs> Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you on Saturday. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult Hockey Podcast. <laughs>